The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west... Aaron Ladd. Oh, he what did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. What's up, Aaron? We're back. My guy, Neil, he's in space once again. How's it going, Mark? Hey, man, I finally recovered from Vegas. I feel like I'm back to my, my normal schedule now. You were there way too long. Like, I told you that from Jump Street. You should have been leaving earlier. Yeah, that extra day was like, why am I still here? <laughs> but to my defense, when I did, I'm like, well, my flight's only 45 minutes. So I'm already on the West Coast. But, yeah, I should have just left on Sunday. What uh, would you get in, get into on that last day? We'll recap the whole trip, but uh, talk about that. That last, had to be recovery mode. Oh yeah, it was it was really light, nothing crazy. Uh, I just you know walked the ship a little bit, got some food, had a drink or two, but nothing nothing like the previous days. It was a real chill day. I'm glad we got to you know ooh, a little fellowship. It had been a minute. This time at NABJ, you finally realized who I was. I know last time we met at NABJ, I had to sign, I had to sit in the autograph line with everybody else, and <laughs> hang out, wait, get get a couple minutes with with Mark Gunnels. But uh, this time, you know, we finally got finally got to break bread, and uh, it was cool. No, likewise, man. Likewise, um, you're actually a cooler guy than I thought, man. Wow. I had my doubts, but uh, this confirmed it that you know you're actually somebody I, could, I can call a friend, not just not just a business partner. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's good to have that uh, relationship. It makes things a lot easier. Absolutely, man. It was funny just even being there. How many people were like, "Yo, where's Mark? Yo, where's Gunnels?" At I'm like, "Yo, we don't go everywhere together." Like he, yeah, bro. <laughs> I, I I thought you was capping when you first told me that, but then I had people literally come up to me when you weren't there. It was like, "Man, I was looking for you, man. I saw Aaron." I was like, "Wow, okay, this is <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're not." with each other every second of life but i mean that was cool that they acknowledged me and you know they know we were doing our thing because you know I, I didn't know we had that many listeners man you know but you know i guess coast to coast is kind of a big deal out here 
Well, when it's a Mark Gunnels production, I mean, you know, you know, people gonna be tapped in. L- listen, listen to uh, Skip Bayless diet, diet Skip Bayless over here. Get, wow. Get- <laughs> <laughs> but no, how's the feel for you to be back, man? You you were right back at it, man. The first day back, you're back at your favorite bar in KC. I'm like, oh man, this guy doesn't take any breaks. I needed to go somewhere where I could get. A reasonably priced drink. Lord have mercy, bro. I couldn't do that. <laughs> Could not do the strip prices any longer. I, that was that was ridiculous. I got my my seat at Harry's. I got my affordable drink. It's it's good to be back in KC, man. And we're we're inching closer to football, which feels good. And you know, honestly, that that week in Vegas was real good to recharge, refocus. Everybody's at. Uh, you know, a little fellowship and, and back to it here with the with the preseason. Likewise, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, the, the let's 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 do training camp before we go uh jump straight to, to Bears Chiefs. I got a couple notes down here here uh about training camp. I guess maybe the biggest one <laughs> would be number ten for your Kansas City Chiefs. It seems like every day I log on to Twitter there's a new take. Or uh, a, oh, a it's, it's not Tyreek Tyreek Hill. It's a new number ten. Oh yeah, that guy. It's okay, the new number ten. It's the rookie out of Rutgers that seemingly can do no wrong anymore. I, I'm curious what you think as an outside observer. Uh, you know, you you don't roll up the sleeves and get to work. It takes you a minute to to, to get to St. Joe. But what, what do you think about the Pacheco hype? Is it too much? Or are we gonna have questions answered soon? Or or, or are you taking everything with a grain of salt? Just uh, fill me in on the on the Pacheco hype. Yeah, so I mean, with training camp, I try to take a lot of things with a grain of salt because at the end of the day, these guys are practicing against each other. Not that hard, you know. It's a lot of just, you know, learning the playbook, going through the motions, especially for a rookie, right? And, you know, the guy's picking the seventh round. Obviously, I, I think he was um, – Underdrafted, I think if there was a normal draft, obviously COVID kind of ruined things. Guys were able to stay a little longer, so the 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 pool was a lot uh, larger than your normal draft. So I think he's definitely better than a seventh round pick in a normal uh, situation. But um, I mean, one thing I will say that wasn't concurred a couple of clips that I saw is that he went up against a couple of the. Uh, linebackers and DNs, and he held his own. It looked like so that's encouraging because that's how you get playing time, especially for a rookie running back. How are you in pass protection? And we know the Chiefs are obviously a pass-heavy team, so you're going to need somebody back there that you can rely on when he doesn't go out to run a route that he can uh, be that extra guy that you can leave in, you know, so he can uh, protect the quarterback. So it's encouraging, but at the same time. I'm just ready to see it in real action. Obviously, we got a game this Saturday, got three preseason games, and I think he's going to get a lot of run, man, especially, um, you know, I don't expect Rojo to play that much. You know, he's a veteran. We know what CEH can do. So I think he's going to be that guy that really gets a lot of touches, a lot of reps in preseason. So that's when I'm really going to better, you know, kind of judge him. But so far, obviously, I'm impressed with his immeasurables, his speed. Um, you know, people compare him to Jamal Charles and stuff. I'm not gonna go that far though. I cannot believe I'm hearing a tempered, you know, a relaxed, you know, a non. He's not taking the bait. Who 
who is this new Mark Gunnels that came back from Las Vegas? Usually you would have put the gold jacket on Isaiah Pacheco already. You would have had him sized up for Canton by now. I can't believe what I just heard. Well, maybe I'm, I have a little bit of PTSD here from uh, the running back position because it's not probably at the same level, but I remember Darwin Thompson. <laughs> and a lot of hype around him, right? I mean, he was like the, the, the darling on Chiefs Twitter. Let him get some touches. He can be that guy that can take us over the top. He has that speed and, you know, you know. And like I said, I don't think it's the same level, but you know, I just I'm, I'm just pausing a little bit, man. So, and running backs is kind of kind of tricky, man, especially in this system, because you're not exactly sure how they're going to be used or how much they're going to be used. I mean, obviously, we hope that you know they're used more in the passing game, which is something we've been looking for. But I mean, I just can't guarantee that's going to happen because we thought that we thought that with Ceh, like, oh, he's so good in the passing game, he's going to be like. You know, Brian Westbrook when he was in Philadelphia and we just never seen him used that way. So I'm I'm just hesitant a little bit on running backs on the Kansas City Chiefs. You mentioned his pass pro and I throw that video up from uh, the fabulous Nick Jacobs producer over at 41. Uh, it, it It's a solid rep. And I think that's been one of the things that has given you people. Um, you know, the bright eyes and bushy tails without, without Pacheco is that he's he's kind of strung together a lot of solid reps, especially for a guy who's a rookie. Uh, you mentioned pass pro is how you get on the field, but he's going to be the team's kick returner on Saturday as well. We heard that from special teams coach Dave Tobe, and uh, th- that gives you, uh, as a rookie, a path to playing time, man. And that's all you can ask for. I, I love Mark Gunnels pressing the yellow button on the Isaiah Pacheco height because it means that I'm rubbing, o- I'm rubbing off on him, folks. He's finally listening. My goodness. But let's just let let's just hit the yellow. Let's see. Obviously, the Chiefs like what they're seeing, but I'm not going to attach a number to it. Folks hit me all the time. Hey, is Pacheco uh, running back one or is he running back two? Like, don't don't worry about that. Worry more so about stacking solid reps together, which we've seen from him. Worry more so about it, what it looks like against an opponent that is not wearing a Kansas City Chiefs helmet, which we'll see on Saturday. Uh, but as far as his skill set, it. it it is a perfect harmony what we know the Chiefs like to do with their running backs. And I'm really excited to, to see him finally put it into motion on Saturday. So we're hitting the yellow button on the hype. But as far as rookie standouts, man, it, it, it's been fun to watch. It's been fun to follow. And uh, we'll see if he can put it into action once the regular season starts. And let me go off script a little bit. You know I'm good for that um, before we move on. Oh, Lord. Since we're talking about running backs, though, so I'm keeping it in the same, you know, ballpark here. What is going on with Rojo, man? Uh, the Chiefs fans kind of want to know what's going on there. Doesn't seem like, from what I've heard, people that have been at camp, he's not getting that many reps, especially not with the ones and the twos. Obviously, that came out, I think, yesterday of him dropping that that pass. It was wide open. I mean, uh, could he be a surprise cut? I mean, I'm I'm starting to kind of get that vibe. Am I? Are we overreacting there? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think the Chiefs locked in with their core four as far as running backs are concerned: Jarek, uh, Pacheco, Rojo, and Ceh. Those are the four you roll into the year with. At each point, at each point in time, there's going to be a, a moment in the year in which one of them looks like RB one. I think KC brought for uh, not even just like an insurance policy for Clyde, but 
he's got that big body bruising ability. I mean, you lost that in Daryl Williams, uh, the guy who could who you feel like you feel like could run downhill and uh, and meet a guy at the second level and keep going. Uh, Ronald Jones offers that. Now we know he's not the pass catching back. I know that clip that made <laughs> that made the rounds because I shot it. Uh, I, I seen it just like everybody else. And he had a couple bad drops. Pacheco had a bad drop too, but we can't obsess over every single rep. If the goal is to put multiple reps of consistency on tape, obviously that was a bad drop. You move on to the next one. But Tom's done this. He's played at the highest level. He's won, uh, won with, with Tom Brady before. So I'm not obsessing over a drop in August, Mark. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm not either. But, you know, I'm, I'm in the streets, man. You know, I'm in the streets of Chief Twitter. Ew, so it's nasty. something that uh wow i hope you're wearing protection out in the streets <laughs> i got i got my mask on in these chief twitter streets man <laughs> but uh you know there's been whispers about hey could there be a surprise cut? i just wanted to twitter to that answer from the one and only aaron ladd i think the 53 is in flux i would be shocked if there was a, a surprise cut from from that position i, I, I was reading up on what adam teicher had to say he's the ESPN guy out at Chiefs camp every day, and uh, he he wrote it uh, in ESPN that this was the deepest position group that they've had in years, and I, I kind of tend to agree with them. I mean, they have four different guys as far as running backs are concerned that could start, and, and that probably will be an RB1 at one point in the year. Um, you know in this National Football League, it is to play all 18, especially that position. Um, so... You give your guy a little, your, your young guy a little bit time to, to to catch up with the playbook. You buy him a little bit more time with Rojo, and if he hits the ground running, maybe he takes over. He takes over a little bit more carries later in the year. But I'm expecting that four to to, to break camp in on the team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. As far as the rookies, uh, I I know we haven't really talked a lot about Trent McDuffie on this podcast. It, it almost seems like we talked about it after he got drafted. We love the fit. We love the scheme. And then we just kind of moved on. We assumed that he was going to be uh, a plug-and-play guy. That's so unfair, man. It's crazy that, like, we've gotten to the point where with McDuffie where it's like, well, he's starting from day one. Like, we're going to take the good with the bad. And I think he's kind of kept up. Uh, I was talking with, um, or I should say Dave Merritt, the defensive backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, was was talking with reporters after practice yesterday and said, hey, he's held his own. We threw him in with the ones every day. Yes, he's taking his lumps. Uh, it hasn't been perfect, but uh, he showed us the promise and he showed us the ability to believe in him that he can go out there and uh, and compete at, at at the highest level as a rookie. And I think that says a lot, man. I think the Chiefs invested a lot in him and they're expecting it to pay off. And so far, so good. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I think we have taken him for granted a little bit. Like, oh, you know, he's going to be fine. He's going to have some growing pains, obviously, at cornerback. You know, like I always like to say, it's the hardest position to play in football especially for a young guy. You're out there on an island. You could barely touch the receivers now. So, But from what I've seen so far, I mean, the guy is a technician. He's good with moving his hips. He turns his head around. He's always with the receiver, from what I can tell, right? Like he may, you know, guys are going to catch some tough passes on him, obviously. It's going to happen, especially at his size. Not the biggest corner in the world, but but he's always right there, man. I mean, those couple of clips you saw against McCole Hardman, he had the inside leverage. I mean, he stayed with him, right? You know, McCoy definitely kind of helped him out a little bit in a couple of those clips with his first step. But, I mean, he's always there stride for stride. And that's always been a thing with him in college, right? Like, he's a guy that's always going to be in position. 
be there to make the play. He's very smart. He has a high IQ for a guy of his age. So, yeah, man, I feel very comfortable with him being one of those plug-and-play play starters as a rookie day one, along, obviously, with George Karloftis. I think those are only two guys for sure. Well, obviously, Sky more offensively. But, yeah, those are the guys for sure that you're going to see get a lot, a lot of playing time from game one. And I think McDuffie is built for it. Yeah, I'll talk a little Sky more because I want to save Karloftis for uh, uh, something we're talking about later preview in the preseason game but sky Moore's gonna be involved in this offense i don't know what the fantasy implications are gonna be there but I'm sure everybody's seen the jet handoffs and the jet sweeps and how quickly they trying to get him the ball in space it reminds me a lot of what they did with tyree kill man i'm going to continue to say that on this podcast there's a role for sky Moore in this offense and chiefs fans should be excited about that yeah man and <laughs> i know you're talking about me about pacheco and having a yellow uh, light on well it's not on it's not here for this one it's a green light it, it's 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 totally green for i i am all in on the sky more hype train and for a reason what you just said and it's the different though he's the receiver in the andy reed system and the way he's already being used i mean they're putting him, him everywhere and you know, I was saying, you know, I was, I was being cautious for a while. So give me credit, Aaron. For the longest, I was saying he's probably going to be the fourth receiving option, right? But you know what? I'm starting to think he may be number two, man. Oh, no. I, I'm really starting to believe oh. that. Juju, number one, we know that. But McColl still hasn't put together, from what I've seen, consistent days in a row of good play. He'll look good one day. Another day, he'll look like, okay, what's going on? You're not on the same page with Mahomes. You know, your route running isn't as crisp. And then, obviously, MVS is having a lot of drops from what I've heard. And that's been a thing with him for his career. Obviously, he's still one of the best deep threats in the league. But I think it's safe to say that MVS is going to be the fourth wide receiver. I think we can all agree on that at this point, that Sky is ahead of him. And now it's the debate of Sky or McCole Hartman. And at this point, man, I'm going to tell you, Sky Moore is a more polished receiver than McCole Hartman. I don't think that's even debatable. Did you just say that on this podcast? Yeah, Sky Moore is the more po- – I mean, dude, look at, his, look at his release. Look at his route running. Look at his footwork. Look at his hands. He, he's definitely the, the better uh, technician than McCole Hartman right now. And that's not to say that McCole Hartman won't have an impact on this team. McCole Hartman's going to have a, break, a breakout year. I totally still believe that because there's still – a role for him speed, you know, obviously him knowing the system longer. But if you're talking about just pure receiver, it's definitely Sky Moore. So, and, and I think that, that you're not alone in thinking that, but I want to dig a little bit deeper. We're here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. We're on Twitter Spaces on Wednesdays now. Uh, and Mark Gunnels just said that he feels Sky Moore is a more polished receiver than McCole Hardman. It was in a contract year. So is that more of an indictment on on what you've seen from McCole Hartman entering, which I think is for your league, or do you think Sky Moore has just been that impressive in camp? I think it's more so that Sky Moore has been that impressive. I mean, the the, the catch that he made in traffic the other day, that, that was just special. I mean, the guy, he had, what, he had the biggest hands in the draft or something like that. He doesn't drop anything from what I, from what I can tell. I mean, he's a shorthanded guy. And, like, I just keep going back to the release, man. Like, his release is really special, man. His footwork. And I tweeted this the other day, man. And I'm going to stand on it. 
every skill set Mario Brown. And that's something that somebody else has said as well. Uh, shout out to Yuji. He posted the uh, <laughs> Antonio Brown stats in the group chat today. But, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of on that wave as well, man. well, man. And, you know, they're similar size and height and, uh, you know, the measurables. You stack them together. A lot of things look similar. Obviously, I don't think he's that A-B off the field. <laughs> but as far as on the field, I think it's a lot of characteristics to where you can compare him to Antonio Brown. I know it's lofty expectations, but I truly yeah, I'm not going that far. It is funny because Pete hit me with he sent me that tweet on DM. Oh, my, really? My reply reply was just uh, you know, Mark Bayless. That's Mark Bayless at it again, man. Wow. He, he, can't, help he can't help himself. He just gets in the So you don't you don't see no similarities. I mean it's camp, but he hasn't played a snap yet, so uh, I'm not But you I'm just saying just off the skill set. Like you could you could tell somebody in practice, like, their characteristics of how they play the game without even actually, like, when people saw Mahomes in practice before a game, they were like, this guy looks different. Like, you could tell certain players, even in just practice. I've said Tyreek Hill as far as his role in the offense, so I, I'm excited to see what it looks like in the preseason game. We got to keep rolling along. We got a lot to talk about here. Uh, good conversation there, but just quickly, Rashad Fenton back on, on, on the practice field, activated off the pup list. We know that defensive back room is crowded, and it's a lot of young guys in there. Coach Dave Merritt saying the other day that Rashad Fenton not only brings uh, a lot of leadership, but also a lot of experience as a guy that's played in Super Bowls for his team and knows the defense well and the scheme and what they like to do. Got to be good to have him back in the fold. Doesn't sound like he's going to be playing in this first preseason game, but the sooner the better to, to be on the practice field. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise as well because it allowed other guys to get more reps, especially like your Joshua Williams, right? So, and we know what Fenton is. We know that he's a, a very, very solid corner. He didn't allow a touchdown last year. So, you know, he knows the system and all of that stuff. So I don't think it was that deal that he missed the first couple of weeks of, of practice, but I think it was great for a Joshua Williams to get those reps because I'm really high on him too. I think he's underrated coming from an HBCU. Obviously, I think people maybe had a bias against that, considering the competition he went against. But he did uh, go to, I think, the Senior Bowl, where he played against those guys, you know, those guys like Ohio State and Alabama. And he struggled at first, but he he held his own. I think that really helped the stock. So I, I think that will pay dividends down the road, because he's going to be a guy that's going to be plugged in there, you know, as a rotational piece. And obviously, we know injuries happen as well. So I, I really, really think that's the bigger thing uh, with Fenton missing time is having a guy like him get those reps. Hey, man, you stole the words right out of my mouth. We're talking three players we're going to be monitoring when the Chiefs and the Bears face off Saturday in Soldier Field. And uh, a lot of mine are rookies. I, I was going to say Josh Williams for that exact same reason. I think whether he's a starter or the or – the corner, wherever they try and mix him in, he's going to have to play a valuable role for his defense. Uh, I know it's just preseason, but I feel like he is somebody that I will be watching going into get into that game. Let's go back and forth. I don't want to go three in a row. Uh, you go three in a row. I gave my first one since we already talked about Joshua Williams. Who's your first one? All right. I hope we don't have too much of the same guys, but, 
I mean, this is an easy one, but I just, I mean, how can I not say it? I have, it has to be Sky Moore. I mean, that's my number one most excited guy to watch. I don't have to even go. There you go. I don't have to go into too much detail of why. I kind of already went on my Sky Moore security there, so I'm good on that. So we, we stayed rookies. I'll go with a veteran player, and Pete and I talked about this a lot after practice yesterday. I'm excited to see Frank Clark in action, man. This is a guy who's come back with a different mentality. And I thought his tweet from last night was really cool. It was actually his first tweet, I think, uh, in, in over a year. Um, Frank Clark kind of kind of oh, look at Aaron Ladd, the, the tweet watcher. Well, I mean, he he left Twitter, <laughs> and, and you should know you you active in the Twitter streets. You should know a lot about what Frank Clark is on. I thought it was cool to see him say, and this is just a little bit in part. This tweet yesterday, he says, "I'm 29. I still don't know it all. I'm still growing and learning life. I got pr- plenty of room to gl- to grow." I'm a stand-up guy. I'm not afraid to admit my flaws. Uh, I mean, it seems like he's coming back with a better mindset. We know he gave up red meat. We know he gave up liquor. Um, and we know he gave up some money in that, re- that restructured deal as well to come back to Kansas City. Uh, it seems like Frank Clark is going to be crucial to what Kansas City is going to be doing against the offensive line. I want to see, even if in limited snaps, I, w- I want to see what he can give to that defensive line in that pass rush. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. All right, let me get my second one. So, actually, my, my other ones, I guess, yeah, he's a veteran now, I guess you could say at this point. I'm going to say uh, Colin Saunders, man. You know, with the Chiefs picking up Danny Shelton, that kind of tells me maybe he might be a cut candidate, man, because that D-line room is pretty, pretty thick now. And, you know, he's been a guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. Obviously, we know that he, he the potential has always been there. I mean, the guy's a hell of an athlete. But, you know, with them picking up, up Danny Shelton you know that kind of a wake-up call like hey Saunders I know you've been kind of skating on thin ice these last couple years but we need to see something man because you may get cut man it's been it's been interesting to hear you uh you guys put guys on the chopping block man we're, we're giving our our players that we're watching ahead of the preseason game my first two were Joshua Williams and Frank Clark and I think I'm going to stick with defense for number three another rookie George Karloftis, and I think that's the number one guy that Chiefs fans have their eye on entering preseason play. Expectations may be a little bit tampered down because of the addition of Carlos Dunlap and kind of the, the 96 sacks that he brings with him, the better experience that brings with him. So maybe you're not as worried about the unit as you were before that signing, but George Karloftis still comes in with high expectations. Uh, uh, still is a guy that you're expecting five plus, six plus. I think Mark said eight on a previous podcast. You want to see him hit the ground running. You want to see what his bull rush looks like against somebody not wearing a Kansas City Chiefs jersey. And you want to see him gain ground as quickly as possible and make an impact on on rushing the passer. So I went with three defensive guys as far as guys that I'm watching. And Joshua Williams, Frank Clark, and George Karloftis. All right. So I didn't want to go another rookie, but you didn't name him. So I was actually surprised you didn't. So I'm going to name him. Pacheco. I mean, we talked about it earlier. The hype is crazy right now. So how can you not be excited to see him in live action? And like I mentioned earlier, I think he's going to going to get a lot of playing time, uh, not only in this game, but in the second and third game as well. Yeah, I think that's a pretty obvious one as well. So I'm going to say him. But I'm going to give a bonus one, bro. I want, I want to go defense one more time. And he's not a rookie. What about Justin Reed? I think that's intriguing as well, man. I mean, you know, he's kind of that – Huh? The game, dog. You had three, and and now you want to name everybody on the well, team. Well, because okay, because it was so easy to name the rookies, so I feel like we needed to you know mix up a little bit. 
And, you know, Justin Reed, you know, he's a new guy. I mean, he's not a rookie, but obviously he's a new addition to the team, you know, kind of filling in that Matthew role. I'm not sure how much he's going to play, obviously, but I'm kind of interested to see how, you know, he controls that back end of the defense. And obviously this is not the the best test of going against the Chicago Bears offense. I mean, my gosh. This may be the worst offense in the NFL. I feel bad for Justin Fields, by the way. But uh, <laughs> but I digress. I'm still interested to see him, you know, be that leader, putting guys in the right positions. and Because, you know, he talks a really, really good game. And, you know, he's a hard-hitting safety. So I'm really curious to see how he looks. In classic Mark fashion, he goes above and beyond the call of duty. We appreciate you, Mark, man. It, it, and, and honestly, you mentioning Justin Reed kind of leads us into this next segue. We're talking about the first preseason See, game. I have a reason for it. Uh, <laughs> how much do you expect the starters to play? I, I mean, it's the first preseason game. It's only three. But uh, as far as Andy Reid using his starters, we know he has a theme usually. How much do you think the starters play on Saturday? I wish I could remember. Do you remember how, many, how much they played in the first preseason game last year? Sure do. I don't want to give away any answers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So if I could remember right, I think they're probably going to play a quarter? I think they went two series last year. The game was in uh, San Francisco against the Niners. It was like Trey Lance's first coming out party. He spotted Devin Key out and just made him. Oh look. yeah, yeah. But, hey, and uh, Devin Key was a was a hype camp guy. Remember that? I don't want to. I don't want to go back down that road. Those, <laughs> those, those were dark days in, in, in Houston Kingdom when y'all were hyping up Devin Key to be. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, two two possessions could be a quarter. It just depends on obviously time of possession. So yeah, I was I was pretty close. Yeah, I, I, I'll go two possessions and, and one more note on on uh, the Chiefs preseason game against the Bears. You can see that on KSHB 41, company man. But also Matt Nagy returning to uh, – to Shameless plug, I love it. I mean, hey, bro, got to pay the bills. You know the vibe. You know the vibes. <laughs> uh, Matt Nagy returns to Chicago. Uh, he, and he talked with the media yesterday, really open and honest about lessons learned, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, being back in Kansas City and, and kind of just experiencing the emotions of what's going to be that first preseason game. I think it's going to be interesting to watch kind of the dynamic between Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, uh Andy Reid, and kind of how they all coexist after four years off. Wow. You not ready? Oh, you got me? Can you hear me? Oh, my gosh. Bro, I thought you were a space guy. Come on. No, I don't know what happened, bro. Somebody called me and, yeah. <laughs> You know, I heard the question, though, about Matt Nagy. So, <laughs> I hate you, dude. All right, anyway. But, yeah, Mahomes, you know, if you've seen his quotes and stuff about Matt Nagy in the past, you know, he, he raves about him. I mean, he loves him. So, for me, anything to keep number 15 happy, I'm for. And, obviously, he's a, he's a big advocate of Matt Nagy. And, you know, people are, you know, outside looking in are like, you know, Matt Nagy, he was so terrible in Chicago. Well, you know, it's a little different being a head coach from being, what, uh, what's his title? He's a quarterback guy? or I, I, His title's kind of weird, he's right? He's a quarterback's coach, but he's yeah. also a senior assistant coach. Yeah, okay. So, you know, just call him an office coordinator part part two. You can't, <laughs> you can't, you know, and you know why you can't do that. I know, I know. It, it's just, it's a dressy title. It's like when you don't want to give somebody the, title you want to give them but you can't so you can't but you just make up something 
That's exactly what it is. But he's basically the second office coordinator, in my opinion, <laughs> slash quarterbacks coach. So, yeah, man, I, I, I'm happy. I think it's a good situation. Uh, obviously, he already knows the system very well. Him and Andrew have a good relationship. And, you know, maybe, you know, add another voice in there is good, you know, because we've had the BNME and Andy Reid dynamic for a few years now. And obviously, I mean, we're, 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 uh, we're nitpicking here. Like, they've had a lot of success, obviously. I, I mean, the floor is the AFC title game. So it's not like we're hurting there. But, you know, it's always good to have a, another mind in there uh, that throws some creativity. Obviously, he's learned a lot of stuff from being in Chicago. You know, when you struggle like that, it kind of be good for you when you go back to another situation because now you know what not to do, right? And he won't have as big of a role, obviously, from being a head coach. But, you know, I think he can learn some – he learns stuff from Chicago, so he has some new ideas now to bring back to Kansas City, which could be good because we know Andy Reid at times can be a little stubborn. I'm going to let you tell him that next time you up at camp, all right? <laughs> nah, I, I I'm right there with you. I think Matt Nagy coming back to Kansas City, he, he's always been known as a quarterback whisperer, I guess if you will. He he speaks that language. He he can help you know calm things down. He can help soothe things out. He can help get everybody on the same page. The one thing I worry about, and I actually talked with uh, Peter King of NBC Sports about this. So I'll post that a little bit later, kind of closer to the. Uh, the, the the preseason game but you know is, is it a too much too many cooks in the kitchen type deal if you will you know sometimes when you have a group that's been having success the way the Chiefs have had over the last four years without Matt Nagy he comes back and uh yes it is a fresh set of eyes but you know maybe there is a little friction there I I, I don't know I'm not I'm not speculating or anything on that obviously it's way too early to tell they haven't played any games yet, but uh, Patrick Long speaks highly of Matt Nagy. So, what else? What 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 more? What more of an indictment do you need? I guess that if fifteen says you're good, you're in the club. So, uh, him coming back to Chicago, I think it's almost poetic in this first preseason game, and, and something to follow. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun. But it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. 
To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Yeah, man, it's one of those situations, and you can relate to this, man, because I know you're you're from the mean streets in, uh, of Atlanta, so you can relate to this analogy right here. It, it's kind of like when, you know, you have a homeboy. He's been messing up, man. He left Atlanta. He's been messing up, you know. You know, his name ain't that good in the streets no more, right? But he comes back home, but he checks in with Aaron Ladd. Aaron Ladd says, hey, relax on him, man. He's good. So all the homies in the, in the, in the streets, they, they let him go because Aaron Ladd vouched for him. It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes and Matt Nagy. You know, his name wasn't too good in Chicago. People were like, I don't know what's going on. Mahomes said, hey, man, he's good in KC. He's good. He got to check in with me, but he's good. That's kind of like anytime you come back to KC, man, you, you got to check, you got to check in. You know, I know this used to be your city, but uh, since I got the <laughs> now, a little different. Hey, D-Mac, I see you in the request, man. We're going to get to you soon. If you guys have any questions, don't be afraid to request because we're going to be taking questions here very, very soon. Yeah, let's run through this grab bag really quickly. Obviously, you touched on Danny Shelton coming back. Uh, I got him kind of in there with Carlos Dunlap, or excuse me, Danny Shelton being signed and Carlos Dunlap uh, kind of being acclimated at camp. Uh, just more depth, I think. Uh, that unit we weren't very happy with two weeks ago. I think now it looks a lot different, and, and maybe you you have higher expectations than you did coming into the year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how can you not? I mean, Carlos Dunlap, he had eight and a half sacks, I believe, last year. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy that, you know, it's kind of similar to them bringing in Melvin Ingram. But I think this is actually probably more impactful because, while Melvin Ingram helped, you know, obviously allow Chris Jones to go back inside, he actually wasn't really getting sacks. I mean, he was getting pressures, obviously, helped set the edge. But I think Dunlap is actually a guy that can, um, you know, flip field position, right? You know, force teams to punt on those third and longs. And he's a situational guy, so he can come in on those obvious passing downs. You can rotate him in and out with Frank Clark and Loftus. He can even move inside as well, too. I mean, I know you saw him at camp. The guy is almost as big as Chris Jones. Am I lying? <laughs> From what I've been seeing, the guy's like a legit 6'6". So, I mean, I think you can get real creative with him. So, obviously, I think ex- expectations should be a little higher. Absolutely. I'm glad they made some moves, man, because the unit they entered camp with was not going to get it done after being uh, an underwhelming unit last year uh, i i put deandre baker in here because that that happened since the last time we talked we knew there was going to be an odd man out in that defensive backs room it's very crowded in there he kind of was a lottery ticket coming in and and it stinks because he got hurt when he was just getting the momentum to get it going and just kind of just didn't find it in kc anything you got there yeah i mean i don't think it was considering um, the moves that they've made at cornerback obviously even bringing in like alani johnson I think that kind of spelled the end there for DeAndre Baker, bringing another, you know, quote-unquote veteran in the room. So, yeah, I think it, the writing was on the wall. But, hey, we know Brad Veach loves those former first-round picks. I mean, Danny Shelton is actually a former first-round pick. So, I mean, you get those guys for cheap value. You're thinking, okay, it didn't work out in the first spot, but maybe, you know, I can squeeze that talent out of him because, obviously, they they went in the first round for a reason. So, I mean, you know, you take a flower on them, doesn't work out. Hey, you just cut, you just wash your hands and go to the next one. And then a couple of special guests at camp. Warren Sapp up there. You pointed that out to me. I didn't see him working with that D line room. Okay. Yeah, were you were you there that day? Nah, you know I was I was still I was still in Sin City, baby. Oh, okay, okay. 
you know, I, I didn't even I didn't even pay attention to what was going on in Chiefs camp. <laughs> I didn't want to hear the word Chiefs. <laughs> but I was on the tarmac. And let me tell you, when I my Vic was at Chiefs camp, dog, I fell to my knees in the middle of the terminal. I was sick to my stomach, dog. The best Falcon of all time was there, and I didn't make it. He's, he's I, not. He's not. He's not better than Matt Ryan. But okay. You know, I've actually had that argument before, and I, I tend to agree with you. But as far as my nostalgia and you know, being a kid growing up watching the NFL, like Mike Vick was the guy. And Andy yeah, was, I know. Yeah, I know. Nostalgia's kicking your ass. I get it. I get it. Basically, yes. And he has that Andy Reid influence. Uh, Andy Reid came out and said you know it was important for him to be at camp, and uh, he was there for Mahomes' rookie year. But man, it, it, oh, that hurt. That hurt, Mark. Yeah, man. I mean, he was part of the staff for a little bit right um obviously you know Andy Reid looking out for his guy um like you said that connection with them in Philly and you know he loves Patrick Mahomes I mean every time he talks on TV he raves about Mahomes so he's a big big uh supporter obviously and Warren Sapp that really surprised me that kind of came out I don't know what the connection is there do you know what that connection is about I mean, are the Chiefs are the Chiefs at the point now where like farmers just want to just want to be around them because because they're that team now because I I don't know what the Warren Sapp connection is to be honest with you. I mean, we had Vic, had Warren Sapp, all these celebrities there, and you just can't seem to find your way to camp. You can't seem to find St. Joe on a map if, if it was in front of your face. <laughs> you know what, man? You're not gonna let this go, are you? I might have to just pull up like the last day of camp and surprise you. I'm going to need somebody to carry my tripod and my camera so that it would be great. <laughs> All right, man. Are we ready for these questions, man? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, let's, let's get my boy D-Mac up here, man, because Aaron's talking crazy now. I mean, I could use a production intern or something, you know, you know, help help, help put everything together. All right, D-Mac, save us. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh What's up, man? I heard Yo. you guys had a great time out there in Vegas. Uh, I hope to uh, join you guys for that next year. It looked like a, an awesome conference. Uh, so I was looking at the ESPN article, and it's named that uh, our cornerback room was the weakest uh, position group on the team. And I just wanted to get your general thoughts on, you know, if you agreed or disagreed. Me personally, given the floor that I think Snead and Finn bring to the table, along with Trent getting the first-round pick, I think he's a, a very technical corner. I would disagree with that. I think I have a little bit more questions about the wide receiver room, but I wanted to uh, hear what your thoughts would be. Uh, You're kind of pulling at straws as far as maybe calling it the weakest position group on the team, but maybe that, that talks about uh, or, or that tells you just what kind of they have at other points, at other points in the team, uh, as far as experience, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is a group that, as Dave Merritt said, I mean, it's different. They don't have guys with the experience that they can lean on. They um, they lost uh, Lil Mooney in the offseason, and they lost some guys that had been playing playing some valuable roles for them. So they're gonna have to depend on younger guys. Uh, it's yet to be seen whether or not that's a true weakness. Mark likes to call that the toughest position on the football field, and I, I agree as far as that's concerned, but uh, I tend to think outside of Mahomes in the quarterback room. Lord of mercy, if Mahomes goes down, uh, where do you go? Please knock on wood. Please, please. My bad. Um, I, I didn't even want to say it because I already knew you. Yeah, please, please knock on wood. Um, I'll touch on it as well. Uh, weakest room on the Chiefs? So the answer was clearly, you know, edge rusher before Dunlap. 
right? Like that, that was the easy answer. Because to me, that was the only glaring weakness. Not to say they were just A-pluses everywhere, but that was the one where you're like, okay, there's obvious a need there. But then you get Dunlap. So, I mean, maybe you still say that because you're not sure what you're going to get from Frank, Frank Clark still. Obviously, George Karloftis is a, is a rookie. You know, Dunlap, he's, he's good, but he is a little older. So I think I would still probably lean uh, edge rusher, but it's not as clear-cut as it was before you got Dunlap. So let's go to uh, – I got BJ up next. What's up, my boy? My dog, Mark. I was just wondering, like, what do y'all, who is y'all starting running back, and what does y'all running back room look like? Just curious. Because I know Clyde, Clyde ain't – I gotta say this. Clyde ain't played perfect last year. And I see y'all got another running back. So what which our running back room looking like and who the starter? It's a good question, BJ. We we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think there's four running backs that leave camp with the Kansas City Chiefs. Clyde Edwards Alaire is your one. Uh, Ronald Jones is in there as your one A or one B, however you want to stack it. Isaiah Pacheco, the seventh-round rookie out of Rutgers, will make this team. He's the starting kick returner on Saturday in the team's first preseason game. And then Jarek McKinnon was brought back for a specific reason. I, I believe he was the best running back on the roster down the stretch in the playoffs last year. The explosiveness not only that he brought to the run game, but as well as the pass game makes him uh, an invaluable asset for Kansas City. And I do believe that this is one of the deeper units on the team. Uh, I think that's the four. I think at each point in time or at some point in time in the year, each one of them is going to look like a running back, quote if you will. Uh, but Kansas City has a lot of flavors at running back, which we know Andy Reid likes. Yeah, I don't have too much to add on that. You pretty much nailed it. Um, it's going to be running back by committee, obviously. But CH is the clear starter week one. But that could change later in the season, depending on performance, obviously health. You know, CH hasn't been able to put together a full season health-wise. So something to look out for. But he's definitely the starter week one. All right, let's go to Desmond Banks. What's up, man? What's going on, y'all? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, good. Hey, uh, so my question is this. Like, we kind of touched on it a little bit as far as, like, concerns in the receiver room. Um, and we kind of knew this going into this season. But... What can, what have you guys seen at camp, or what do you guys think we can expect this season as far as, like, play calling style from Andy Reid? That's going to change a lot. I know it's probably going to look a little bit different without Tyreek there, but um, I don't know if you guys have seen anything different at camp because we're used to, or I'm at least used to, early Andy Reid days where there's a lot of play action, uh, stuff like that, using the running game a little bit more. Uh, just wanted your insights on what, what can we expect there. Well, I know Aaron's been closer to the situation, obviously, so he can give his insight, but Based on how I feel it's going to happen, I think you're going to see, like you said, uh, more running. Obviously, it's not going to be a heavy run scheme. That's never going to happen with Andy Reid, even though we do have a very physical offensive line and they're built for that primarily. But I think the main thing you're going to see is the quick passing game, especially with the running backs. I fully believe this will be the year that you really see, you know, CH and Pacheco and those guys more involved in the pass game because now you don't have Tyreek Hill, right? So you have to be more creative, right? More dynamic and have more different ways to score and move the ball down the field. So I'll be shocked if you don't see those running backs involved in the passing game more. I think this is a really good question. I actually just got off of a fantasy podcast talking about this exact same thing. The offense has got to be more balanced this year. Brett Veach said it himself. 
after the AFC title game last year. Sometimes the Chiefs' biggest weakness is themselves. They have the ability to spread the ball out and be more balanced this year, and I think that's exactly how the offense is going to look. You're going to see the little stat lines this year that say Patrick Mahomes has thrown a completion to six different receivers, seven different receivers. There's going to be four tight end sets at times. There's going to be uh, running backs spread out wide. Isaiah Pacheco has been showing his skill set spread out wide in the slot and that kind of thing. Uh, it's going to have to be a more balanced attack. It's going to be predicated on Patrick Mahomes making one or two reads and getting the ball out very quickly and keeping it as simple as possible. I think that's where Kansas City is successful with this new list. All right, what's up, Gerard? How you doing, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, my question is, what is the read on Leo Chanel and Elijah Lee? I know on the unofficial depth chart they had Elijah Lee with the first-teamers, and I know he's been getting a lot of first-team reps. But is that more so because he's a veteran, or how does that work? And what is the workload you expect for Chanel um, this season, in the regular season? Hey, the question's been kind of slapping today. I, w- I, w- I want to give a hand up for y'all, man. This is, y'all been testing us. Man. Yeah, man. <laughs> They're making us actually work, bro. I mean, I've always worked, Mark. I don't know what you Wow. Mean. Always worked. <laughs> Take the question, man. You got this one. Uh, what have I seen from Leo Chanel and Elijah Lee? Uh, depth linebackers, for sure. I mean, we all know who the two linebackers that are going to make the biggest plays for Kansas City. It's Willie Gay and it's Nick Bolton, and I expect them to make a, a, a step forward as a unit, as a tandem this year. Um, but Leo Chanel has shown promise, especially in the run game. Now, he's a rookie, and his deficiencies in the past game, I'm sure, have been noted if, if you've been into Twitter streets like Mark Gunnels. But that's to be expected, man. That, that was a weakness coming out of, coming out of um, I believe he was at Wisconsin. So that's not going to change in three weeks of camp once you get to the pro level. If anything, it's going to be exaggerated even more at the pro level. Uh, I expect both of them to uh, contribute. Maybe one of them makes the roster. Maybe one of them gets cut. Uh, another guy in this mix is, is Mike Rose as well uh, out of Iowa State. Uh, but I, I, I expect them to, to have an impact, especially in these preseason games, man. That's, that's where all the reps are at. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, we got two more here. Let's go to Jake. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How about you? Hey, man, I can't complain. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hey, man, so I've, um, I've been slacking on some of my news lately. Last I heard, um, I saw... Uh, we have quite a few injuries going on right now. I saw Jody Fortson in particular, the one that I've been really keeping my eyes on because, you know, all of us here uh, is super excited for him to be back. Um, I was just wondering, like, uh, is there any timetable for him to return? And um, also just the whole situation with Orlando Brown. How's that going on? I saw that he finally reported to camp. And, uh, yeah, I just was curious. I saw the first day they were sitting him, obviously, for – you know, getting him back into shape and things. And I was just wondering how he's looking and how the line overall in particular is really. I heard the Orlando Brown what was the first half of your question. I'm sorry. It like cut off for me. Oh, sorry about that. So I was just asked about Jody Fortson and oh, uh, his okay. injury with the, uh, I think, was it his quad? He has a quad strain or something. Okay. Uh, Aaron, Jory, he's back. He's good now, right? I haven't seen anything that says otherwise. No, Jody is not. No? And He's I'm not back. Okay. starting to get a little concerned about that. Okay, okay. We all know the saying, you can't make the club from the tub. And, and while I do think Jody Forson will break camp with the team, uh, these reps are invaluable for a guy that, that missed a lot of time last year. I believe it was Jody Forson last yeah. year. 
after finally breaking back onto the roster. Uh, him not practicing, which I think we're going on day nine. They practice back tomorrow before heading out to Chicago. Uh, I, it's not a panic meter situation, but I'll, I'll push the I'll push the yellow light on on Jody Fortson. This is a guy that you know we've seen have chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. Caught two touchdowns last year. Uh, I, I I want Jody Fortson to get, to get on the practice field and and kind of show me some of the chemistry that we were seeing in the. Steve- Days of camp. See, man, Vegas has still got me messed up, man. I've been out of touch, man. I thought Jody was fine. Anything, so I just assumed he was good. But well, the priest can't tell you everything, dog. You gotta walk. Oh man, hey, but I heard Noah Gray looks good, though. I've heard he's looking really Who good. Who told you that? People in the streets, man. See, that's the thing. You can't decipher what is true and what is not from the. Actually, street. one of the guys that told me is on stage right now, CJ. CJ, defend yourself, dog, because I ain't seen Noah Gray make it. Aaron, Mark, what's the deal? What's going on? CJ, you lied to me about Noah Gray? Man, anybody lie about Noah. Aaron, I was just there yesterday. Noah looked good, man. (laughs) I think Aaron just trying to spread his propaganda. Oh, okay. (laughs) No, but my my question is for y'all. It's an easy question. I know y'all been getting a lot of tough ones. What are y'all most excited for this weekend against Chicago? Or what are you looking forward to seeing? You you must not have been here at first. We actually named our uh, top three players looking forward to. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. I didn't see that part, my bad. No, nah, no, nah, you're good. But no, nah, we, we got you, though. We got you. Um, So, yeah, for me, it was um, obviously Sky Moore. I mean, that's the obvious one. Um, As far as defense, I went with Justin Reed. I'm just curious to see how he looks as the newcomer, like the leader of that back end. I want to see how he guys in the right position and stuff like that. And then, obviously, Pacheco. I mean, how can I be excited about Pacheco, all the hype he's getting right now? No, I agree. Sky and Josh Williams would be my two. I'm most excited to watch this weekend. Hey, Josh Williams was on my list, man. I went all. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, you HBCU guy. You know I got a rep for my guys, man. Yeah, and, and he's come in and and been that lanky. Co- I think the learning curve. Mark calls it the hardest position in the football field. Like the learning curve for a guy coming from an HBCU to the NFL, and then considering he took that one year off. Uh, you know, I want to see him get those bumps and bruises and those long early. Uh, so that when it, it, it's playoff football, it's crunch time football, it's need to stop football, especially if he's on the field, uh, he can he can hit the ground running. Hey man, you can tell it's football season, man, because these shows are getting a little longer and longer each week, man. Yeah, bro, you have to earn that <laughs> check now. Ain't no ain't no more three thirty minute, three minute, thirty minute bag anymore. Ain't no more thirty, ain't no more thirty balls, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, appreciate y'all tapping with, tapping in with us. Uh, I see some hands up. Throw throw me a, a bone on Twitter. See if we can. Hey, appreciate y'all rocking out with us, man. And uh, we'll talk on the other side of the first preseason game. We out. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. 
To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. 